Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Uh, Welcome in, welcome in. It is 6 o'clock Mountain Time on Saturday, October 30th. A beautiful time of year in Colorado. Looks like it's been beautiful there. Breaking up there in uh, Colorado, there's Luke. And uh, it means it's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. And I have... And of course, joined by Luke as always. Luke, how you doing, buddy? Hopefully you're doing a little better than me, uh, forgetting about the monstrosity that was my Iowa Hawkeyes this morning. Yeah, man, it's it's fall, right? It's fall football. Yeah. The highs, the lows, and everything in between. I'm dealing with flag football, loving every second yeah. of it. Playoffs start next weekend. It's kind of cool. Um, a certain quarterback who's being honored this weekend is in the same flag football league as my kiddo. So that's always a little bit of a spectacle to try to figure out, you know, what does that guy like to do for his flag football? And of course his kiddo and things of that nature. So yeah, man, flag football, we're surrounded by it. Uh, Broncos play tomorrow on Halloween, always mm-hmm. a little bit of a football tradition. So let's mm-hmm. get into it, man. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah. Thoughtful. The leaves are starting to fall if they haven't already. And uh, we have, we're really starting to figure out the pretenders and the contenders, right? We get a little bit farther along the season, you know, whether your team starts off and is ranked number two in the country or they start off three, you know, sometimes they regress very quickly. Um, So God, I'm in a world of pain with my football, but that's okay, guys. Um, Obviously this is mile, mile high insiders. You can find Luke on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. You can also find us on Twitter at MHI underscore football pod and at mile high huddle guys, make sure you go to huddle to get your swag on. Uh, we got hats on hats on hats. I got all the hats here. You know, we got the mile high insiders obviously looking good there with the Colorado emblem on it. Uh, Bron- building the Broncos Bronco or Broncos for breakfast, coffee mugs, gators, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Christmas is right around the corner. Make sure you're checking out that to get uh, your uh, favorite mile high huddle gear for your favorite people. Um, join us on facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Uh, join the conversations there. If there's anything in here that you disagreed with or agreed with add us on those groups and uh, let's have a conversation football. The show continues on the community is constant the show continues on. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, make sure you subscribe, like, and share, hit that little bell notification and uh, you'll know when we go live. And Chad wanted me to let all you guys know, all you mile high huddle community guys know that, that we did hit our October goal last night. Uh, for a quarter million stars. Uh, so that means the Patrick Sertan, the second jersey, is going to be raffled off Monday night's show. So make sure you guys, uh, you might be celebrating a win or, you know, being maligned by a loss. But either way, make sure you're joining us Monday night because the Patrick Sertan, the second jersey, is going to be raffled. Hopefully he has a good game on Sunday against uh, Heineke out there. And uh, you can still get in your stars, get in your super chats, et cetera, et cetera. So that way you have a chance to win because, uh, you know, the clock is ticking. And uh, we have the trade deadline coming soon. It'll be the day before the trade deadline, I think. Um, so get those in so that way you have a chance to win that Patrick Sertan, the second jersey. Uh, and if there's any player on this team right now that uh, I would personally be investing in a jersey, it'd probably be Patrick Sertan, the second, given how good he looks, how young he is. And, you know, he's going to be here another four or five years at least. Yeah, PS2, man. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited to see who's going to win that jersey, Broncos country. You've got a little bit more time. Yeah. The more uh, The more chances to win for you are always better. I mean, like multiple chances. I don't know, Nick, I'm a big gambler lately. My $1 uh, on FanDuel times three, you know, things like that. So (laughs) I'm super excited to see who's going to win this Pastor Tan jersey, man. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I wish it would be me. Honestly, that's a, that's I want it <laughs> too. On, guys. Just, I'm not even lying. Donate it to me. Here, I'm, I'm still poor. Okay, let me ask. Do we know if it's a home or an away or like, because then I have all kinds of other questions. I'd take one either way, but then I'm like, hmm. That's a Chad look- question. I hate to yeah. say that's a Chad question. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, let's get into it. Let's say hello to everybody who's in here. We got George Newton's in the house. I think Broncos George. will win, but it'll be ugly. Uh, you know what? I will take an ugly win. Uh, Gary Smith that says, where are the arcs? I think he's talking about Dylan Von Arcs. Uh, so we'll see. Um, we got Klee coming in saying, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Also from Paul. Um, hopefully we see more touchdowns and less Brandon. Um, I don't know what we're talking about here. Somebody's got to let me in the loop here with Brandon. Um, talking about, I don't know. Was, yeah, we got a bunch something. of we got a bunch of people in the house tonight. I, I know Dylan Von Arks, our guy, is in, in there. I want to give him a special hello. George Newton, Gary Smith, uh, Clee, I see you, Paul, Jenna. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on MHI. Huge shout out to my guy Timothy Cotton, too, as well. Man, mm-hmm. Timothy's been supporting me and my writing for years now man and i really appreciate the support and all the kinds um just well wishes that i'm always getting from all of our our huge family here at mhh so let's get into it man halloween washington broncos man i feel like things are 50 50 and what i mean by that yeah. is i feel like the fan base right now nick 50 percent of them are like all right we got this washington is not a good team that's true the other 50%, mm, Washington's not a good team. But you know what? Denver's not a good team either, and they have a problem right now, especially on weekends where they're honoring one of their own. See Mike Shanahan and Steve Atwater for that Raiders game. Nick, how do you gauge the the level of interest or worry with the Broncos in Washington, just first initial feels? Um, I think the, it's kind of, you know, taking a left turn here, but we saw it this week where it was like, you know, Von Miller saying it was time to panic. And then Teddy Bridgewater saying, you know, it's not time to panic yet. So uh, Broncos <laughs> country, I'm, I want to say here, if you're talking about a team falling off the rails here and this team being together, uh, now is the time to panic. I would say if you guys, you know, yeah. you cannot come out here sleepwalking again and not start showing up in the game until, you know, halfway through the third quarter. Otherwise you're going to get beat. Um, you're going to get beat and your season will be over and everybody's, you know, not everybody, but everybody's losing their job. You know, it's that kind of situation here. So is it time to panic? Is that the vibe? Absolutely. These guys, maybe panic's the wrong word, but uh, they need to understand the situation and play with a sense of urgency. It cannot be a situation again where last week the uh, opposing team comes in and uh, marches it down the field for seven on one of the easiest scripted drives I've seen in all season. God, I didn't, who knew offense could look that easy, right? God, <laughs> it's, it's really hard out here to score some gosh darn points. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's time to play. And if they get beat this one season's over and I don't, I know that they, some people are talking, Oh, the Broncos aren't going to be sellers at three and five or what do they be three and four there three and five. And, uh, they'll play playing for comp- compensatory picks in 2023. Why? There's no reason to put it off. You know, sell, sell, sell you. You're done three and five. You'd be done. Yes. Um, so that's what you're playing for right now. You're playing for your season. It's tough because I see a lot, <clears throat> excuse me. I see a lot of tickets also. Out there, people saying, I got Broncos tickets. I got Broncos tickets. I'm out of, all over the Mile High City this week. And uh, people are starting to kind of turn these things down. And it's a start. I don't think there's going to be a lot of no-shows, especially on Peyton Manning mm-hmm. weekend. Are you kidding me? On Halloween, it's going to be an awesome event, especially before you go trick-or-treating and stuff like that. Kind of treat yourself if you're an adult. But it makes you wonder. And Tommy Simmer's coming in here saying, agreeing with you, Nick, saying it's time for a fire sale. You lose this game, the, the season's off the rails. 
And yeah, there could be a shot, some sort of probability where the team technically still makes it in. But if we're being honest, Washington was a playoff team. I know the NFC East is an absolute joke. I get it. But it just kind of shows the difference between them and the Broncos right now. No, they don't have their quarterback of their future. They damn sure have themselves a good head coach in Ron Rivera. Uh, Michael yeah. Crabtree weighing in real quick. Let's get to Broncos country. Scott's firing them out, and I love it. Broncos got to play smash mouth football and play hard. When I hear smash mouth football, that means run the football. Nick, uh, can Broncos country finally see the ball get ran tomorrow against the Washington football team? That's, that's tough to say because Washington football team, their bread and butter is their defensive line. I don't think their back seven is that good. And where they've been getting beat this year is down the field in the pass game. Um, yeah. So I do think you need to be aggressive with the running game. And al almost, um, this is maybe some you know, high level, high level, big brain stuff here, but you need to run to protect the pass. Um, and right. that's what the Broncos kind of did against the Browns too, because the Browns right now feature the number one and the number three overall pass rusher and pass rush win rate on the edge. And the, this Washington football team, they've been a disappointment on defense this year. They can still pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. And you know how you slow down a pass rush. You make them think, Oh, I got to play gap discipline because they could run it. Uh, you got to protect your tackles with that situation too, because if you're just dropping back and passing every time, it's going to be an issue. So maybe the Broncos will not be super, effective with the run game which is what we want uh obviously maybe they won't be effective but they need to protect the quarterback they need to protect their offensive line and not put them in a bad situation because washington can pin their ears back so that means running the ball even if it's not as efficient you want from a down to down situation you gotta run the ball Shermer. you've got to do it i wrote about it at milehighhuddle.com one of my keys to victory you gotta yeah. start featuring javante williams nothing against melvin gordon but it's time it's time to really just pick one and move forward. Melvin Gordon has only had one explosive play all season. That was week one against the New York Very Giants. Explosive. Very explosive. But since then, he's had some trouble. Now, I think he's having a good season. I really do. He is. Um, but I, he's, so. playing, he's playing for another contract, guys. So yeah. it's like, what are we doing here? And Von Miller, we're going to get to him. Uh, before I get to you, Travis, sit tight. Did want to give you guys just a little bit of housekeeping. The Broncos did activate three players from IR today. Uh, reading off the official press release, that's going to be inside linebacker Jonas Griffith, wide receiver Jerry Judy, and tight end Albert Okuwebunam. Uh, the team also elevated inside linebacker Barrington Wade. It was just a standard elevation from the practice squad for Sunday's game. Jerry Judy, Nick, he is back in the house. I want to get your reaction, but before we do, let's let Travis Weber weigh in. Uh, Travis Weber trying to get himself a PS2 jersey. Good luck, buddy. Hope you hope you're doing well. Yeah. Saying good evening, Nick, Luke, Broncos country. Hopefully, we get a treat tomorrow instead of being tricked. Nick, as to Brandon, it has to deal with the president. Oh, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, Who do God. you guys see being traded by the deadline? Who do I see being traded by the deadline? That's a tough one because I think you're going to start to see George Payton, the Wheeler and Dealer, if they lose. Uh, big names this time. And yeah. sure, you got a starting linebacker from the Rams that doesn't really want to be here. That's awesome. But everyone's wondering about Von Miller. That's that's what we're wondering. It was kind of a bizarre press conference. I'm mm -hmm. a little irked with Von Miller um, just because I feel like that was kind of a, a watershed moment for him. And I'm just... I'm torn. Sellers, if this team loses against Washington, man, there are so many different trade elements. Von Miller's one of them. Nick, who else could you see this team possibly shopping? Uh, Fuller is definitely on the block, um, not Boom. just because he's the big contract who's disappointed. You're maybe not getting more than a seventh round pick for him, um, but he's got to be one where you're not only trying to move him to create more cap space, which Broncos already have a lot, but like every dollar you can save that you can roll over matters for what you can do in the future or how much, how comfortable you are retaining a Cortland Sutton, that kind of thing. So that does matter and getting another, you know, shot in the dark in the draft uh, that late, but um, he's one and it's not just trading because of that. It's also creating space. You have Michael Ojemudia coming back. He needs reps. Uh, he was looking good in training camp before he got injured. Um, and then also a uh, saying Bassey should be back pretty soon. So are you going to just move those guys? Are going to stay on IR all season? Uh, so that's, that's the big question there. And uh, we got Lawrence Rivera coming in here saying, do we need another Peyton Manning's effect or do we need another Peyton Manning's effect where players want to stay next year for a good chance on a good run? If they get that guy. Um, so you're saying it will a quarterback help retain talent. Of course, a quarterback's not only going to help retain talent. If the Broncos had a quarterback that people in the league believed in. It would help with the coaching search too, right? Like somebody's go, Oh, like you have a quarterback with tools. that was a high investment that uh, people in the league believe in. Then you're going to see that position be more wanted uh, for a coach than it currently is, or likely is going to be. So 
Um, that would be great, Lawrence, if that was the case. Not sure if that's going to be the case, given what we know about the Broncos and how the league in general feels about these Broncos quarterbacks. Um, but uh, anything can happen, right? Uh, until the history is written, you know, it's it's a possibility, right? It's a, what is it? Uh, so you're saying there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. I absolutely <laughs> love it, man. No, next Tuesday, that's the trade yeah. deadline. I want to say 2 p.m. Mountain, but. I don't, so. quote, don't quote me on that one. Um, we'll see. We'll, yep. Another thing that I'm concerned about, Nick, is yep. trying to figure out George Payton. Uh, Mike yeah. Kliss went out of his way this week to kind of say that Vic Fangio and George Payton hold common ground and that they both report to John Elway. Uh, it's a Joe, It would be a Joe Ellis decision if there were significant coaching changes made. So it got me thinking, all right, well, Mike Liss has told us John Elway will always be in on the big football deals. Well, trades are a big football deal. Um, are we going to see John Elway wheeling and dealing, or is this going to be George Payton? Is this kind of just a feel-me-out redshirt year for George Payton? I'm really confused. I'll get your reaction in just a second. But before we do, Andrew Lampy in the house saying, Happy Halloween all. Uh, Andrew throwing down 500 stars. Man, really appreciate it. Hopefully you are having a good Halloween. Stay safe out there, Broncos country. But yeah, Nick, trade deadline, uh, football decisions. Who's calling the shots? Is John Elway, George Payton, or is it the collective unit? I think it's all of them. And Lawrence, your question is, uh, stars, we did hit the goal. So the jersey is going to be raffled on Monday. So uh, make sure you guys are getting your stars. And thank you, Travis, for just supporting us, even though you have a PS2 jersey. Maybe you get the other color. Maybe you can go all out on that PS2 jersey. Um, thank you, Travis. Thank you, uh, Andrew and uh, Lawrence, Lawrence for all the stars, man. You guys are great. Um, appreciate you. So the question um, that we had was somebody. There was a question up here. Uh, I already well, have a PS2 jersey. Dude, I don't think, you know, like, yeah, they could be have another color or whatever, but they would also make an awesome gift. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying if you wanted to gift that for someone for Christmas, you know, hey. <laughs> um, But the, yeah, you're talking about who's making the decisions here. I've. I got to be honest with you. When I found out Elway, which they Broncos PR, you know, Patrick Smythe, whatever you want to say, I, I guess I'll say his name um, about like what the Broncos power structure will be like, Oh, Vic fan or uh, uh, George Payton's making the decisions here. Okay. Well now mm -hmm. you're meeting with J John Elway and Joe Ellis, who was, we were giving the impression that would be very hands-off more like operational side of things versus telling Payton what to do. That concerns me. Uh, I have the John Elway era for the last five, I guess now we can call it six years. If, if he's making big decisions um, has been bad and I'm ready to move on from Elway and Ellis, you know, like we need a We need a clean right. cut here, um, a new vision, uh, a different perspective coming in a different culture. Um, so hearing that, you know, Peyton and Fangio are answering to Ellis and uh, Elway, you know, sends a shiver down my spine. That's not, it's not what mm -hmm. I want. That's I think that should scare everybody. It's a little backwards, and so are the Denver Broncos <laughs> as they start to uh, transition into this next week in the NFL, hosting the Washington football team tomorrow on Halloween. We open it up. It's MHI. He's Nick. I'm Luke. we got Scott in the ones and twos. We really appreciate yeah. you guys joining us here on Saturday night. All right, man. I see all kinds of all kinds of love for Jerry Judy. We'll talk about yeah, Jerry Judy it. a little bit. We'll get into some Albert O as well um, because, man, Talk about some some players coming back when you probably need them the most. Let's yeah. you know what? Let's just get into it. Um, mm -hmm. Here are my concerns with Jerry Judy, Pat Shermer. <laughs> I'm done. There there are my concerns with Jerry Judy. No, in yeah. all seriousness, I don't want Pat Shermer to use his new toy that's all cleaned up and ready to go. And I just don't see the point in rushing Jerry Judy back onto the field. I know Broncos country is thirsty for a win. They're frustrated. They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. But to rush this man out there at six weeks instead of eight, I just, I don't see it, Nick. I don't see how that betters the team. Uh, of course it betters the team chances to help them win, but uh, Jerry Judy and that ankle injury, I'm just happy he's okay, first of all. But do you feel he's rushed coming back in, or are you okay with him making the start against Washington? I am okay with him giving it a slight go, uh, just because I think he's going to need some conditioning work as well, getting out there. So even if you get him, you know, 20% of the offensive snaps and his ankle is feeling okay, then okay, then we take a step forward from there. Now, uh, I don't, I'm not a medical doctor, so I don't know what the chances of are of him uh, making it worse or re-aggravating it, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I know everybody's going to be a little bit concerned about Bradley Chubb, right? He had those snaps and then he was out. Granted, it sounds like that was probably going to happen no matter what. He was trying to tough through it. And it's like, you know what? 
not worth it. Uh, just too painful. So I don't know if that's the specifics of this injury as well. Um, but getting Judy out there um, is going to be big for this offense. The Broncos right now, they don't field a single receiver, at least in my eyes, as far as team building, that can separate on the grass. Now, what do I mean by that? It mm. means somebody who can win uh, with running their routes. You get that one-on-one from them, and they can create separation. You don't have those route-running separators right now. That doesn't mean Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are bad receivers by any means, but they separate vertically in the air. You know, they're the, the chuck it up to them. They're not going to get that separation, especially you know, within one to two seconds of the snap, you know, they're more of the slower developing plays and Shermer sets up these wide receivers for a lot of one-on-ones. The offensive line is struggling. And I think Teddy also is better with those guys who separate in the grass. So in theory, it should help the offense a lot. It's just how effective is Judy going to be coming back off that injury conditioning questions, et cetera, et cetera. But he should help this offense a lot because that's the type of receiver that Shermer has liked. That's the type of plays that he's dialing up and they don't have any of those guys. I mean, they lost, not only is it Judy, it's also Hamler is that type of guy who can separate quick. And a uh, little forgotten, uh, Deshaun Hamilton is also one of those tight end guys. You lost all your types of that type of receiver that can separate quickly. So it should help. It should help. Deshaun who? Deshaun Hamilton. What's funny about that is I was actually, I came across him on Twitter this week. It's bizarre that you bring him up, Nick, because I came across him on Twitter. He, he he had retweeted something, not that big of a deal. And then mm-hmm. I got looking. Deshaun Hamilton is a free agent. Just saying. I'm not saying bring him in, but it kind of, you wonder where some of these guys go. You know, you see Juwan Winfrey out there with the pack. Um, and it's like, oh man, I remember, it felt like a lifetime ago when you were with the Broncos in training camp and doing quite well, but things can yeah. always change in an instant. Travis Weber, again, weighing in here, trying to get himself a PS2 jersey, another PS2 jersey, uh, saying, I know Kyle Shanahan is struggling in San Francisco, but thanks to Joe Ellis, we didn't get him and we got Fangio. Um, Broncos country has a right to be a little bit upset now. Um, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and what they're building out there in San Francisco. I think it's going to take some time and people are sometimes a little impatient. Don't worry about it. Like those guys, they went all in on Trey Lance. They're They know when to play him, when to get things going. There's a lot of optimism for San Francisco, but we're looking at another head coaching change, Nick and Broncos country. They're sick of it. The quarterbacks, the head coaches, I mean, in and out and around we go here in Broncos country. Yeah, and Andrew coming in now as well. I know the context of it matters, but if we make the playoffs, knowing we probably won't go all the way, does George Payton still clean house? If the Broncos turn this around and make the playoffs, I would be shocked if they got rid of Fangio because that would mean, unless Fangio has already gotten rid of and somebody, you know, was the head coach there. And it, oh, well, I got the air horn going for the Jerry Judy announcement. So <laughs> it's still going. I love Jerry it. Judy. Um, but uh, that was a. Uh, Totally blew me off there. Um, so do they clean the house? Not if they make the playoffs. There's always some stric- circumstances that could happen. But if they make the playoffs, that means things turned around quickly. They won some really tough games. I mean, let's be honest, guys. The schedule from here is rough. Um, so I would be shocked if they got rid of him. They're not making the playoffs. They can't even look. We're trying to win a Can football we win game the next here. game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give me a break here. I mean, if if yeah. they go five losses, man, that's tough. They can they yeah. beat Washington? Yes. Are they going to? We don't know. And that's the most frustrating part. You just don't know what team you're gonna get. It feels like a lot of individuals out there at times. Um, and you know what? It is you got guys showing up. This week, last week here in Denver on their mini buy, trying to get acclimated and they're going to be out there on the field. And Nick, if Vic Fangio is having a hard time, my pure speculation, I don't know anything over there right now about this, but there are some whispers that the locker room is starting to splinter a little bit. Um, But if Vic Fangio can't communicate with the players that he's had the last three seasons, how in the hell is he going to do that with guys who just got here? I mean, it's it's a mess over there in uh, at UC Health Training Center. We're going to have to see how things go. But Peyton Manning Day, man, that's going down tomorrow as well. Oh, yeah. Broncos country, you do have uh, that to look forward to. Uh, sounds like he's going to be – he wants to throw one final pass. I tweeted about it yesterday uh, to Brandon Stokely, his good friend, and two-time yeah. Bronco teammate. And uh, yeah, so that'll be kind of a cool moment. Relish in that, regardless of how the game goes. But Nick, Albert Okawebunam, activated mm-hmm. from IR. Uh, what can Broncos country expect out of him? Because I'm not so sure. I know a fan I would like to see utilized a lot more. Albert O, how much has he practiced? Things of that nature. Uh, what do you think about Albert O being activated from IR? 
I think Albert O makes the Broncos a lot more comfortable to live in 12 personnel. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. When you only have two tight ends out there that you really trust to play and Andrew Beck, you know, no disrespect to him, but he's more of that H back fullback type rather than playing that Y position on the tight end when you're running 12 personnel. Uh, but now you have three guys with Saubert, Fant and Okoibinam who you have a little bit of confidence in. And uh, maybe they'll even run some 13 personnel, but really it's about having bodies out there where you're comfortable at game planning for 12 personnel and different plays and packages uh, with that. Because when you only had Eric Saubert and Noah Fant, if one of those guys go down, are you throwing out half your playbook? I mean, preparing for that season. So you should have a lot more confidence in 12 personnel. But neither one of them, okay, I I hear you. And I I like that. But if I'm just going to throw the foot or the shoe on the other foot, I'm thinking, okay, well, neither one of them will block either. Here's one thing I will say. I thought Noah Fant, I'm going to stick up for him a little bit. And if I get hated on, I get hated on. But I thought he's had some decent blocking this year. I think he's had some ugly blocking this year. I don't think it's a want to with Noah Fant. I think people, Noah Fant has an interesting personality. Okay, like trying to dig into the locker room and some of those guys he's he's liked in the locker room, but he's a different cat and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think sometimes the perception that he doesn't care is there Uh, for me. I can tell you being out there at training camp every single day, seeing the way that he's taking care of himself, seeing his, you know, nutrition, his his focus, the detail, everything like that. Um, I think Noah fans gotten a really hard hard rap this year and i know yeah. he's been beat up and things like that but what do you say to those who are like oh no fan he doesn't want to block oh no fan he's a big guy but can't get a yard to get a third down because no fan he's been he's been uh, a victim of a lot of criticism and some would yeah. say justifiably so uh i mean he i would say he deserves a criticism and that's you know i'm Noah Fant Homer because the Hawkeyes, but uh, he deserves a criticism Um, when he's out there and he's in the position he is, especially, you know, the Broncos, people get freaked out about Teddy Bridgewater and the checkdowns, but like you got it to your six foot five, 250 pound tight end. And all he has to do is break one tackle or like not get tackled immediately and fall forward for a first down versus like a five foot, 10, 180 pound uh, defensive back. Like you got to make that play as a first round pick at tight end. Um, I, so that's been disappointing. I will say that um, obviously, you know, not to, People, this is common knowledge, but um, he did lose his mother right before the season started. And I think that has been impacting him uh, pretty heavily. Mm. Apparently, they were extremely close. Um, so, I mean, we've been talking a lot about mental health this season with these players. I mean, Lane Johnson's missed multiple games with that. I think Calvin Ridley's also had some stuff with that. Um, so, maybe there's something going on there. Uh, he has mm. that. Was it a ankle injury in that yeah. Seattle preseason game? Um, so, he's got to play better. There's no doubt about that. And some people get frustrated. Like, oh, why aren't they sending Albert Oqu- or uh, excuse me, Noah Fant deep? Again, it's the same thing where you don't trust your tackles right now. Both your tackles are getting beat around the edge, and uh, you don't have a quick hitter in the passing game. Both your guys, yeah, I saw somebody comment, well, it's Patrick and Sutton are getting open. They are getting open. They're getting open vertically. They're not getting right. open horizontally quickly. Um, so what does that mean? If your tackles are struggling, you don't trust your tackles, your quarterback's holding onto the ball longer than you'd hoped, and you don't have pass catchers that can win over the middle of the field quickly means you're going to be chipping with your tight end and they're going to get more like a uh, block release kind of looks. And that's what we've seen from fan. Maybe that makes him way less dynamic, but personnel and where the season is going, is kind of dictated what his usage is usage is going to be. So hopefully with Okoye, even I'm coming more 12 personnel, you can get more soured in there and Judy coming back too. You can see them start to use Fant more. Um, but it's been a rough season for him. He deserves a criticism, but I'm also not quitting on him yet. You don't, you shouldn't quit on a six foot five, two fifty five, two 250 pound guy <laughs> who runs rounder. a four five forty and an athlete like him, especially when you have, uh, another year of control left. Yeah. And I think he's a, I think he's a good guy. He, he keeps his nose clean. Um, you know, I, I really yeah. respect that. And the biggest thing I really respect about Noah fan is he comes out every Tuesday and goes on one of the local radio shows here in Denver with a couple of my guys. And last Tuesday was rough, man. I will last four Tuesdays <laughs> have been yeah. rough, but Noah fan shows up. He shows up to the plate. Um, he takes the responsibility. He speaks, doesn't always give the company line, um, kind of speaks raw and, and you can hear a lot of truth in his voice. And I do respect that. So Noah fan, I think he knows his why I think he's a good player, but, but uh, I think he's kind of playing down to where they're at. And that's yeah. sometimes contagious. They were always talking about winning is contagious. Well, what do you call losing guys? Cause this is absolutely awful. Um, Vaughn Miller. I want to get back to Vaughn real quick because yeah. I had some people ask me today out at flag football. Hey, is Vaughn going to play? And then I'm starting to think, well, I was under the impression he was going to play. Uh, Judy held out yesterday up on Friday. Uh, Vaughn Miller as well. Nick, if Vaughn doesn't play, I'm immediately thinking trade yep, uh, because Vaughn had said at the post game last Thursday night, uh, well, 
two Thursdays ago now that he felt like he could have gone, but he was trusting the medical staff at the time. Part of me wondered, okay, George Payton, are you saying, no, nope, we're going to plug him, plug him. I want him down. Um, but then again, who's calling those shots? It's just kind of a revolving wheel as we go. Yeah, yeah no, it's definitely a possibility. And that's where my mind would go as well. If Vaughn doesn't play Broncos are probably trading or interested in trading him and a team. Like I think somebody else made the connection, but like Arizona would be, Amazing. Ooh, they amazing need a pass rusher. Oh, him and Chandler Watt. Jones. Oh, and then he'd also be playing with uh, somebody he has familiarity with, and Vance Joseph also. Which you know, league. This is a connections league. It's you know, it's who you know and who you've worked with. So, what about the Cowboys? They're always stinking around, right? And yeah, they- Von, Von would love to go there, but they're pretty deep at edge rusher. Actually, they need secondary help. That's a team that needs some okay. secondary help. Right. Um, they might be an interesting team for Fuller just taking a flyer. Same with Tampa Bay. So we'll see. Um, Green Bay. Green Bay needs a hey. Green Bay needs a pass rusher, right? They need an edge. That's I very mean, possible, dude. And yeah. how real quick? How good was that game on well, last Thursday? I mean, great. like that was everything that it was cracked out to be, man. Yeah. As a football fan, I just I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it too. Sorry, it took me a second to understand what you're saying. You're it's like the water boy. I see it. all these water boy references in here, you yeah. know, and like, I just, I can love that movie and watch it a million times. It don't look to me like you enjoys it. He, uh, he but... blocked a kick from the Hawkeyes. That one, that stuck out to me as a kid. Um, Travis Weber <laughs> coming in. Dream situation next season. We get an owner in place, a new head coach, offensive minded, please. And let him roll with the quarterback that he wants be it someone already here draft trade free agency i know we are hungry to get back to where we were broncos country but we got to start fresh from the bottom up uh we've been on the bottom and uh, people keep trying to take shortcuts there for building this team so I, I don't know we'll see how it goes thank you very much for the comment there um travis we appreciate you man you've been really uh super supportive in here we really appreciate you um there's another question in here what about drew lock for trade i mean every that's a conversation yeah. i'm yeah. hearing a lot about and i haven't I haven't really spoke on it because I don't really know what to think about it. If I'm being honest, like I, I don't know why Brett Rippon is on this team and I don't know why true locks on this team. I mean, like this is why you have backup quarterbacks when Teddy can't even walk. Drew should have played, you know, and this isn't a Teddy versus Drew yeah. thing. This is a, a, a philosophy thing. Like this is why you have backup quarterbacks and they're not giving Drew the light of day time of day, but Brett Rippon, we're going to stash him away on the roster. I just, man, I don't know. It's tough. I would like to see Drew get a shot somewhere else and see if he could be a reclamation project down the road. Yeah. Um, Drew Locke will probably be viewed a, a lot like, you know, Jimmy Clausen after he moved on from the, uh, you know, that kind of situation where, I mean, second round picks, uh, some people yeah. thought highly of him. Um, I'm talking about like Jimmy Clausen after cam came in and then, you know, he got a chance somewhere else, but it's more of like, okay, we'll take a flyer here because you know, there was some stuff here potentially, and maybe we catch lightning in a bottle, but nobody's going to be trading, you know, anything, maybe, maybe you trade a fifth round pick for someone like uh, drew lock because he can come in and be a competent backup. We know that at least we know that. Um, but I don't think he's going to be super sought after. And honestly, I think he probably has more value just sitting on him. Uh, right now they're playing Teddy at some point if this team keeps going the way they're going they're going to have to see Drew out there just to see uh, if he has anything, if he has any value for this team uh, beyond uh, being a backup next year and maybe being an option for 2023. Granted, it would be insane for this team, for him to play. You'd have to play at an insane level for this team to have him in as his plans as the starter. Most likely and unfortunately guys, it would be a situation where it's like this season, but instead of Teddy Bridgewater, it's Tyrod Taylor. It's Marcus Mariota versus Drew Locke. So the quarterback carousel continues. Hmm. I think that's probably and, the most likely situation. Yeah, it sounds it sounds about right. We're not going to know who our yeah. quarterback is, and we're going to get another head coach. And, man, I don't know, though. And this team's starting to – I think this team's going to sell, just like everybody else, right, in the spring. That's going to be the hottest story, I think. Mm-hmm. It's going to come fast. It's going to come furious. I think things are probably already in motion behind the scene. No, I don't think yeah. that there's a, there's a buyer all lined up and it's all done, but I think things are actively happening. This doesn't happen very often, Nick, the teams, NFL teams come up for sale. You want to talk about making an investment, buy yourself an NFL team. <laughs> KB82 coming in here saying, what's up, fellas? With the Broncos continuing to slide, do you see Cortland Sutton deciding not to return? I wanted to go back and get to this question because Cortland Sutton, one. Nick, as you know, we got we to gotta wonder what the future is with Cortland Sutton and the Denver Broncos long term. Uh, the trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday. Cortland Sutton has had kind of an interesting season. The touchdowns aren't quite there, but his yards and big explosive plays are uh, what do you see for Cortland Sutton and the Denver Broncos in terms of the future? 
man, Sutton has been really, really good these last few weeks. Um, I've obviously the, the non-effort tackle on that interception versus the Raiders was unfortunate, um, but he's been great. I think he's top five in air yards for receivers this year, which kind of goes against the check down Teddy narrative there. But I mean, that's partially, I mean, we got to give credit to Sutton for that. Um, he's been really dynamic down the field and he still doesn't look hundred um, percent. His ability to cut, especially in the quick game, uh, getting open quickly. Again, it's an issue for the offense in general. It's that brace. It's that brace, Nick. We got to cut that brace. We got to go over in the locker room. We got to hide that brace. He's wearing a Garrett Bowles yeah. brace on his knee folks. And I absolutely hate it. If he, if it makes him feel comfortable, then more power to him. But right now he just, he's not dynamic in the short field, but he's so good down the field vertically above the rim right now. Um, so you're saying here, did you see Sutton deciding not to, to return? Guess what happens if the Broncos, the Broncos are going to offer Sutton a contract. Guess what happens if he declines it? That dude's getting tagged. There's no way in heck the Broncos are letting him go. Uh, you probably see Tim Patrick go in this situation. Who's been really good for the Broncos, but it's pretty obvious. He's not nearly as dynamic as Sutton is as a playmaker. And you need playmakers on this offense. So if Sutton doesn't get a long-term deal worked out this offseason, but he's getting tagged. Just, I mean, it's as, it's as simple as that. Unless, you know, he gets injured again or if something crazy happens. Uh, don't want to speak in complete uh, absolutes because we still got a lot of football to play. Knock on wood, everyone. But um, right now, uh, he, Sutton's not going anywhere. He's going to be a Bronco next year via tag or a new deal. He's too good. You, you can't give up good playmakers. This offense is not good enough to let your best, arguably best player go. You, you can't do it. Oh, man. To see Cortland Sutton walk, that would that would hurt. That would really hurt. Um, Cortland's a good guy as well, from everything I can tell. He's beloved in the locker room. I think that he's kind of playing down a little bit, and I mean that in terms of some of his disposition, body language. Those guys are frustrated over there, Nick. Yeah, um, it's, yeah I dogged Cortland hard for not trying to uh, run down that interception. I get he got hurt in Pittsburgh last year. I get it, but the guy has definitely been playing hard, and I can't take that away from him. So uh, you got to give credit where credit is due. Tim Patrick, I wonder about his future as well. Uh, I would wonder about Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick trying to get a deal done right now. I'm curious what's going on behind the uh, the scenes there. But here's another good question. This is Kendall Hinton, man. Like, all right, Kendall Hinton, I love the story. I respect the man. He is carving out uh, a, an interesting role for himself mm -hmm. on this team. If we're being honest, Nick, he's ja he's a jack. He's just another guy for me on another team. And he's in the Hall of Fame. He's in <laughs> how excuse me. You know, like, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. But Brian coming in here and he wants to get into some Kendall Hinton. And appreciate you joining uh Nick and I on MHI tonight, Brian. Good evening and happy Halloween to you and yours. Does someone like Kendall Hinton? have a future with this team or any other team. He's made some really good catches the past couple of weeks. Some really great catches. I would co-sign that. Kendall Hinton yeah. has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, we were wondering if he would make the team in training camp, and there he is catching first down from Teddy Bridgewater, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well Hinton will have a chance, I think, on this team going forward uh, next year as well, but it's probably going to be the same situation where he's like right on the cusp of being a guy you keep. So if you do keep him, it probably means that your receiver room is not – as deep as you'd want, but uh, he's been, he's been fine out there. And I know that from just a story wise and person wise, like we're all really pulling for him. Uh, but is he going to develop into this like di difference maker where he's going to be a good enough starting wide receiver, even in your top three, probably not. You know, I, again, don't, I don't want to speak in absolutes. Um, probably not. Uh, but you know, either way I'm enjoying him playing right now. Um, I know that his role will probably be diminished some with Judy being back, but uh, I'm pulling for it. And I'm cheering extra hard uh, every time he can make a play out there because he deserves it, man. He helped his team out of a uh, pretty tough spot last year. Well, and here's the thing, Nick. It's kind of it goes with the Kendall Hinton question. Yeah. Do we fall in love with players too easily here in Broncos oh, country? Yeah. Because we're so okay. All right. Because I'm starting Every to ask myself. Right? Okay. All right. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna really get after people right now, and they're gonna get after me. Dalton Reisner. Is Dalton Reisner one of those cases where we love the guy because, yeah, yeah, you don't want to answer this one. You can't handle the truth. Where's that drop? But, like, I'm looking at Dalton Reisner this week, man, and Jonathan Allen. Folks, for those of you that do not know about Jonathan Allen, you will get very familiar with him. With Mark Schlereth on the call, he is the lead sack uh, artist of that Washington defensive line, and that's not even talking about Montez Sweat. That's not even talking about Chase Young. Dalton Reisner, he's going to have his hands full yeah. against this cat. Um, part of me's wondering, man, is did we maybe declare Dalton's arrival a little too early? 
I mean, we knew that with Dalton coming in, it's easy to say in hindsight, but like he was this high floor plug and play kind of guy, but not the most dynamic athlete and maybe not somebody who was a, as good of a developmental guard. I mean, if we could redo that draft again, you'd probably take Elton Jenkins right there. I don't know if you, you talk about that Thursday night game. Got to give some big uglies to love Elton oh, Jenkins man. might be a top five interior offensive lineman in football. He's amazing. He's so good to, uh, I think he was picks uh, one to three picks after uh, Reisner came off the board. Not one because that was locked. So he was right after um, Reisner there, but uh, Reisner has been struggling. Um, you talk about guys who you're looking to get uh, on the trade deadline. Reisner would be very top of almost near the top of my board who guys I'm trying to push to trade. And it's not because I think Reisner has been struggling. I think he is struggling, but it's, I need to open up reps for Quinn Miners, And I think you could probably get the best return on Reisner relative to uh, what else you're looking. Cause he still has two years of control or this year, next year. Um, somebody could be buying in on him being not a good fit for the more gap inside zone scheme, looking more of the outside zone. Um, and uh, maybe somebody else would uh, appreciate him or use him better. And maybe the change of scenery would help too. You know, sometimes some guys get drafted close to their hometown. You got mm-hmm. all those pressures and distractions and stuff of family and friends in the area. And then you get traded out to somewhere else in the world. And, you know, it's really kind of opens up a new career for you, but I, he's been struggling personally. Honestly, if you could get a fourth round pick for him, I would be looking to move him. And it's tough because I like rising the person, right? But that's where this team is right now. You're, you're going to lose some guys fire sale, man. You said it. And my mind keeps going back to it. And then like, yeah. you know, Hey, Phil, how you doing down there in Houston? Like I get that. Yeah. Ingram, they got that, that deal done. And he's going yeah. back to the saints, but you, I saw it. I think it was uh flip it booch that said it. We fall in love with the potential. And that's exactly right. That's that's a beautiful way to put it. It's very accurate. And speaking yeah. of beautiful and accurate, Mr. Lawrence Rivera yeah. in the house, we really appreciate your support. Uh, 50 stars here on this question, man. Good luck to you. How does Cortland Sutton compare to Brandon Marshall? Height, mm-hmm. weight, and playmaking. Can we find anyone better in free agency? Really good question from Lawrence. I like that. Not going to find anybody better in free agency. Um, I think that's pretty darn, that's probably pretty obvious. I mean, Sutton's been incredible. Like I said, top five in air yards this year. Teddy's not checking it down to Cortland Sutton, mainly because Sutton's not getting open underneath as much, but still, um, how do these guys compare? Sutton is faster and more dynamic vertically down the field. Uh, he's a better athlete. He's a faster athlete. He can gain ground quicker. Brandon Marshall is, was much better on the short routes, but he was like a tight end, right? Like he could catch everything. And then after the catch, he was like, what was he? Six, five, two or something like that. Like what an absolute unit. So they're a little different. I would say Sutton's a little bit better of an acrobat down the field, but he's not as physical in the short game and in the yards after catch game. I played with his little cousin and his little brother in high school. Um, and Brandon is a, he's a physical specimen, man. When you see that guy and yeah. coach Shanahan and Steve Watson and uh, Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall, and Tony Scheffler shocker would, yeah. would come to a few of our games. But when you were around Brandon Marshall, you're like, Mike, like you said, he was a tight end, right? It kind of looked like a tight. You're like, my God, dude, you're a wide receiver. Um, that guy, man, I wonder what could have been. You know, same with kind of Jay Cutler and things like that, because you look at these alpha dog, big wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, right? Um, the Broncos are certainly developing and have developed that reputation for having a big alpha wide receiver. I just think the Broncos are hesitant with Cortland Sutton and his injury. Uh, you and I were both kind of looking down the road when Jerry Judy was drafted here saying, hmm, what does that mean for Cortland Sutton? Everybody fell in love with the pick. And don't get me wrong, Jerry Judy's amazing, but you start to wonder, okay, first round wide receiver, second round wide receiver, Alabama, SMU, uh, route tactician, 50-50 master. I mean, it's decisions that you've got to figure out. Travis Weber coming in. Is it true Denver approaches Todd Davis to come out of retirement? I have not heard about that. I saw Bam Bam Davis on Broncos Country tonight. There's a plug. Uh, have you heard anything about Todd Davis and the inside linebacker coming back to Denver? I heard there was some talk about it, but I couldn't get anything verified. So I just left it at that. You know, that's, it's that when you only hear it from one place, uh, sometimes you're like, yeah, maybe I don't fully buy it. Maybe it's uh, BS. So, um, I, I don't know, Travis, where did you hear that? It's definitely, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for the Broncos cause they need a two down thumper that knows the scheme. Um, but I mean, he doesn't even have to be good. Uh, he just has to be not totally getting killed out there. Like what we saw last Thursday from the Broncos. But, um, I, I don't know. I got Timothy cotton saying, Hey, howdy. I'm here. Good to see you, Timothy. Thanks for joining us today. 
Tim, you're late. Yeah, and you embarrassed me in front of company, Tim. I give you a shout out. I'm going to interrupt yeah, the stream did. and give you another shout out. I uh, appreciate all your support, man. But uh, here's another thing, Nick, that we're seeing a little bit is uh, Tommy Shimmers coming. Tommy Simmers, excuse me, coming in. It's been reported. Todd has been asked. Um, yeah, I mean, they they've made their you? moves. Yeah. They've made their moves at linebacker. You're going to see some Kenny Young. Uh, the terminology is going to be a little bit different, but keep in mind, we're talking X's and O's in football. They're not rocket scientists, folks. He's here. He's going to play. Uh, but I'm seeing a lot of dispute, rather, in the comment section with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of folks are saying, Teddy's play has been awful. It's time to see what you've got with Drew. Um, what do you expect out of Teddy Bridgewater tomorrow, Nick? That's something that we haven't even talked about. We've ragged on the Broncos. We've talked a little bit about strengths and weaknesses with Washington, but the offense, we just don't know what we're going to get with Pat Shermer. Do you have any idea what we're going to get with Teddy Bridgewater? It really depends on what the offensive line can do. Teddy Bridgewater, we knew this coming in, was a limited player when it comes to tools. Um, he has been, I think, pretty double-edged sword here. Tough and hanging in the pocket, sometimes to his detriment, waiting for guys to come open rather than throwing them open. Um, but still, that's, you know, I guess credit to him for being tough uh, for that. Um, it really depends on how the offensive line looks. But if the offensive line can buy out a little bit, and if that's because the run game is making them play a little bit more gap-disciplined or, you know, they have a good game, I expect Teddy to have a good game uh, as long as he's not getting absolutely crushed because that Washington – back seven has been a major disappointment. And I will say just watching Washington football games, yeah, whoever is lined up against rookie third round pick, fourth round pick from the university of uh, Minnesota, Benjamin St. Just, whoever is he's lined up against, throw it up, throw it up to that guy, because you have a, if that guy, if the wide receiver doesn't come down with it, it's going to be pass interference. St. Juice just doesn't, he doesn't trust his technique yet. And he's penalties left and right. I like that kid coming out of the senior bowl. He was somebody that I play though. Yeah, he's man. You talk about UCPS two making rookie mistakes. Go see what this cat's doing. Um, interesting story, you know, Canadian kid, if I'm not mistaken. So that you're exactly right, man. You got to go after this team for Washington. They allow 50% conversion rate on third down. But then again, look at the Denver Broncos who were dead last in third down Mm -hmm. conversion. So it's going to be interesting. But Christopher McKee weighing in here from Albuquerque, New Mexico. What's up, man? We really appreciate you joining MHI with Nick and Luke. Uh, Teddy seems like he's not seeing the field what do you guys think this kind of plays into your um last comments regarding teddy and sliding in the pocket when he can and look when you got a bum ankle foot hamstring you're not mobile either so uh it doesn't look like he's seeing the whole field i don't know that i would agree with that i think teddy's done a decent job at going through his progressions but now that he's hurt i think he's locking on guys way too early yeah sometimes i feel like there are throws on the field that if he had even just a little bit more arm talent, he could stick on that read and drive the ball in there, right? There's just ones on the field where it's like, oh man, get it there. But he's thinking I'd rather play conservative, protect myself also sometimes and get into that check down because I don't think that I can fit it to that, you know, 10 yard out to the opposite hash, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, So it's definitely an issue uh, for them. I do wish he just had a little more arm talent. Um, I don't think he trusts it fully. And you're talking about the hamstring and the ankle. Um, That is something also where... uh, that can limit your arm strength um, because it starts. Anybody knows like throwing the football, it starts from your base. It's from yep. the bottom up uh, from your feet up. So um, that's uh, something that could impact him as well. Um, Teddy's it's really tough to separate his first three games versus the last four, especially if the injury is going on. You don't want to make excuses for him. He's got to play better, but I mean, he's still been competent out there. And uh, I will say just as, just as a side, I hope at some point in the future, we can just stop arguing bad quarterbacks, right? Not that they're both totally bad, but like, uh, I mean, if you're both arguing about this back and forth and we don't know for sure, odds are neither of these guys are the answer. And that's just that's just where we've continued to find ourselves. Would you I'm going to put you on the hot spot real quick. And we'll, get to, we'll get to David. Um, if you're George Payton, would you try to lock up Teddy Bridgewater as a backup quarterback right now? Because uh, I'd be comfortable with that. I'd be comfortable going to Teddy and saying, hey. What about next year? You know, like maybe a one year, two year deal. Maybe you've got your backup quarterback yeah. and then you got to go look for a starter. Is that something that George Payton should consider? Um, locking up Teddy. I don't think there is any way I would do that because you might have a coaching change coming up right now. And you, that coach might want to be able to pick his guy versus uh, saying, Bingo. okay, um, well, you already have to do Teddy. So that might, let's say you got a uh, Brian Dabble coming in or something. And he's like, well, I didn't want to have, uh, Teddy. Teddy Bridgewater. I wanted Tyrod Taylor, who I believe he worked with uh, his first couple years in Buffalo, or I wanted uh, Mitch Trubisky for like Good a point. two year deal. Um, so I think doing that before the off season might limit it uh, 
at least one of your bigger pitches <laughs> to the court, to the coach where, you know, you can pick your guy versus we already got this guy here. That's a really good point. And uh, Jewel the Fool's weighing in saying, clear the damn quarterback room. Maybe you're right. I think that's a probably a realistic thing. New head coach, new quarterback room in general. <laughs> David Wilder coming in saying, Denver's always given up on the running game. Man, that is just, it's so frustrating. You kill your offensive line. You kill your quarterback. Von Miller's yeah. out there talking about killing people. Dude, Teddy Bridgewater should talk about being killed. I mean, I don't know that Teddy's going to make it through the game. I really don't. I know he got some rest and stuff like that, but the, this offensive line, this offensive unit is struggling. We're talking about Jerry Judy and Alberto trying to get the ball. No offense. They got to have some time to get open. They've got to have some time, even against a scrub pass secondary. I mean, these mm -hmm. guys, you've got to allow things to set up. You've got to allow Jerry Judy to use his full extensive knowledge of the route tree and looking in the, this offensive line versus defensive line and vice versa. I think things are going to be really, really difficult for the Broncos. Yeah, no, totally. Um, obviously this is going to be a, this is a coin flip game too. And this is one of the ones where I hate to be that guy, um, but I am very much a zero sum guy when it comes to team building. And, and anybody who says that you build momentum at the end of the season going into next year is full of BS. Agreed. Um, talk to any player that say that doesn't exist. We have, you know, six months before we play another game, a third of the roster flips over new coaches, new system. There's no such thing as building momentum into the off season. It just makes you, you feel better about yourself going what four and one down the stretch where you're hurting your draft position. So really I'm looking at this about uh, if the Broncos, this is a, positive either way the Broncos win back to 500 we got some meaningful games coming up and like I said all year what I wanted was some meaningful football in November which we haven't had for years um and we would have that if the Broncos won this game if they lost though Washington's a team that's probably going to be in the range where you're picking in the draft and losing that head-to-head -head might be enough to flip you from like pick 13 all the way up to pick eight which matters in every single round you do and so Win-win, really. That's, I'm, I'm here for the glass half full, um, and that's what I'm leaning on here. Lawrence coming in here. Speaking of glass half full, Lawrence is always a big supporter. My glass is 100% full when Lawrence is in the house. Good show, guys. What do you think we're going to be record-wise this year, the way we are looking right now? Um, What is that, 17-game season? Wow. Yeah, that's a really tough question. That's a good question, Lawrence. Oh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a number. Uh, six and a half, over, under. Oh, under. Under? Five and a half. Under. That's only two. So you think the Broncos are going to win one or less more games? Yes. Yes. Wow. C correct. I have. I I, oh, why? Why should I see things any other way? And like, I can be like, I, you're saying you're trying to have yeah. the, the glass half full. But like, yep. for me, man, I just this team is in disconnect. They they refuse to I mean, There's so many issues. And if I'm being honest with it, and if I could just get on my soapbox yep. and cry for a minute, I'm tired of writing about the same thing every Sunday three key takeaways they didn't run the ball and you know like it, it's just the time management they're not there's no fight there's no spirit until this team gives me a reason to be optimistic i'm not going to be optimistic i don't care if it's peyton manning day i don't care if he's throwing the ball to my guy b stokely i don't care about any of that when it comes to picking wins and losses man i'm yeah. i'm just hoping detroit gets their first win this weekend so that way it's not against the denver broncos because i've got serious serious concerns and speaking yeah. of concerns chad jensen he's always got to be concerned about us because we're up to yeah. no good okay. here on mhi on saturday night he's showing some love 20 dollars super we appreciate that saying happy halloween to the mhh family you guys are mile high huddle we just work here and yeah i, I just got on my soapbox i you know kind of moaned for a minute but this is this is a blessing. It's a privilege to cover yeah. this team and to be a part of MHH. Nick, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and you guys make it fun. Uh, and thanks, Chad. Uh, happy Halloween to you and everybody. Um, we just work here, <laughs> um, but it's a good time. It's a good gig. Uh, Michael coming in, too. Speaking Mike. of good gigs, man, we love Mike. Always super supportive. Uh, good evening, Nick and Luke on MHA Pod. Uh, beacon of light. Love you. Uh, let's go oh, Broncos. Man. Be positive, says Peter Middleton. That's also another beacon of light there across the globe. Hey. Thank you very much, Pete. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is, it is what it is, but Shermer better plan for chase young. Now this is something I kind of wanted to, I went All back right. and watched that Browns game, um, a mm -hmm. little bit later and people are very frustrated about the offense being inept and everything like that. But that game plan through and through was we, the, uh, I don't trust our offensive line for spit. Mm -hmm. I don't trust the quarterback right now, as far as being able to escape for anything. Um, so we're going to play neutered training wheels offense because that defensive line could absolutely kill our game plan. And unfortunately, that might be the same thing this week. So it might look bad. It might be dialed back. And some of that might be because your personnel is simply not good enough in the offensive front 
versus a very good defensive front. And that's going to make the product not look as good and everybody complain about it. But part of that, I, I, I do think is uh, dialing it back schematically and protecting yourself because those guys can be game changers and kill you and create those big turnovers. I mean, at some point, right. Does it even matter? Cut it loose. You know, you're getting beat right. anyway, but um, I think that's, there is at least reason uh, to that thought process and getting to where, uh, where we've get, where we've gotten to. Yeah, it's, but Hey, remember what Pat Shermer said, Nick, sometimes you just don't score points in the first half. I mean, dude, what are you doing? Patrick, Patrick Smythe has got to have had holes from his head going in the wall over there. Cause you know, he does a good job, Nick. I mean, we, we love Patrick over there and he's got this team usually prepared and ready to go. If you don't believe me, just watch Vic Fangio's press conferences last week and then listen to him this week. You'll see a little bit of a difference there. Um, but then you got Pat Shermer, man, just out there, just throwing haymakers, man. And I'll give Pat his due. The homeboy, <laughs> man, he does his own thing, right, wrong, or indifferent. He believes what he believes. But Chase Young, I you don't you cannot afford for this game to be a get right game for Chase Young because he's gonna hurt guys. Yeah, no, he's uh it's not just Chase Young, too. They got legitimately Washington football team has four first round picks on that defensive mm-hmm. line. You got Montez Sweat. You got mm. Deron Payne. You got number two overall pick Chase Young, who's been somewhat disappointing this year. But every time we say that, that person gets a get right game against the Broncos. So I'm <laughs> right. sorry. I, I'm sorry. I even whispered that, guys. I'm sorry to Bobby Massey and uh, his wife who will probably at me on Twitter for that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Garrett Bowles struggling, too. So it's a it's a rough situation and you want your quarterback. Like if Teddy Bridgewater was a franchise quarterback, this offensive line would be good enough. I, I do believe that because he quarterback raises all ships. Um, he's not a franchise quarterback right now. He's a, he's a spot gap starter. And uh, that's what the coaches are going down with. Cause they do not trust you at all. So um, it's going to make some ugly offensive football. It's probably going to be the status quo going forward this year. Maybe Jerry Judy coming back will help a lot. Maybe uh, Javante uh, Williams, maybe you start to see some plugs there with the run game. I mean, it's starting to get cold out there. It's starting to get a little bit rough. So that's when these physical teams should start to emerge. You'd hope, especially those two running backs. But uh, I think you're, you're a little bit neutered based on what you can do schematically because the quarterback is limited. Uh, you're injured and your offensive line just is not very good. They're not, they're not terrible. There's much worse offensive lines out there, but they're not good enough to compensate for the limitations at the quarterback position. It's been tough. Yeah, it's it's the whole team, man. It's uh, unexplicable things are happening as results to just some of the stale natures that that have become a, a habit in Broncos country. And Lawrence Rivera wishing us a happy Halloween and to stay safe and have fun. And we appreciate that Broncos country. You guys stay safe and have fun as well. Um little kids man dressing up having fun it's just always amazing i love halloween and i hope you guys all have a great halloween so nick you want to get into some denver defense let's do it we're closing out the show here and we're going to get to our predictions we've talked some von miller we've hinted Mm -hmm. at some ps2 especially with that swag and that giveaway coming up on monday um but how do you think this defense is going to perform against taylor heineke in the washington offense Taylor Heineke is a great story, but anybody who's a Washington football t- fan mostly is looking for an upgrade at the quarterback position going forward. Uh, so he's somebody who, unfortunately, I think is going to have some splash plays. I, I think it's going to be similar to the uh, Gardner Minshew and the Jags coming to Denver and winning a close game. It's like, oh, another in that mm. list of quarterbacks in that kind of category. Uh, Heineke is going to make some mistakes out there, but he plays loose and he goes out there and tries to make a play. So I'm really concerned about this Broncos team um, with the the style that they play and not having an offense that gets a lead. They kind of, you know, they play back and they make a fist and they want you to run into that fist. Um, and that's when you can't dictate on offense, it's not going to work as much. Um, right. So if the Washington football team can uh, play conservative football, get the ball to the playmakers and just, you know, have no respect to the Broncos offense, right? You're not going to play keep up against this Broncos team. Um, <laughs> then that should be enough for them. And the thing that's going to rip out my heart and the Broncos team heart is I think you're going to see some third and sixes, third and sevens. Taylor Heineke is going to break out of the pocket and make a play because Run. these linebackers, I don't trust these linebackers. Um, they're too injured. Uh, I know they brought in Weatherly and young, um, but you know, they're going to look to attack uh, Malik Reed. Who's been just probably the worst edge starting edge rusher in football uh, since he's been starting this season. Mm. Um, and uh, I think that's going to be enough for them to move the football and, you know, convert some key th- uh, third downs. Mm, it's gonna be tough man yeah that that dang quarterback he is mobile for washington something to watch for travis weighing in once more saying great show guys wishing everyone a happy halloween be safe have fun go broncos and hey scott go braves 
huh? Then we're poking fun at Scott a little bit and the whole the arm barn and that whole fun yeah. thing. Baseball, you guys, you guys absolutely kill me. Um, but what kills me even more, this Broncos team. I've got Broncos mm-hmm. losing. 24-13, Washington takes this win. Um, it's going to be brutal. I just The Broncos have become that get-right team for teams in the NFL. Um, you're going to have a bunch of nobodies, all due respect, come in and make a name for themselves with the Denver Broncos. Uh, it's just – it's sick. Five losses in a row. Uh, I think that's what the Broncos are going to be looking at. And that's me just trying to be – keep it real, man. It's, it's tough. I, it's really tough to pick against this team. But until I see something different, this is the way we go. Yeah, I've Washington football team winning 27 to 16. Uh, I think the Broncos team is going to be struggle enough. Mm. Um, And uh, last week I made the decision because I was like, okay, what's the most dominant unit on the field? Uh, Coming into the season, you know, we had hope for the Broncos secondary being at least in that conversation every single week. But I can't think of a unit that's been more disappointing uh, than the Broncos secondary this season. Um, Washington football team also, I think they're going to go at the Broncos as far as the run game. I think they have. Uh, their center is number one in the NFL and run block win rate. Uh, I think both their guards are top 10 in the NFL and run block win win rate. And I think both tackles are in the top 10 and run block win rate. So uh, they can get after you. And that's what we saw Cleveland last week as well. Um, and they have more talented backs than uh, Dernest Johnson, right? You have Antonio Gibson, you have McKissick. Just McKissick. Um, so I think they'll get after it and then they'll get some calculated risks. So uh, 27 to 16, I, it concerns me a lot. Um, and I'm going to keep probably going to keep picking against the Broncos until they prove me wrong for yeah. them. They got, they got to show that they want to be out there. And that's, I mean, that's like keeping it real, man. Cause you are a very optimistic person. You love to look at things for, you know, glass half full rather than half empty. I think that's why we're a good pair, but like this, just keeping it real, man, this removing the emotion from it. And you're going to see Gibson get a 100 yard game on the ground the first time all season, just like you you saw with Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. I mean, this is just unacceptable. I can't wait to see Mark Schlereth on the call, man, because he goes full scorched earth on this team. But, you know, he's former from both teams, Washington and Denver. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, man. They used to be two of the biggest franchises in the NFL, the and things are just collapsing. The Broncos ownership, the what's going on, the investigation with Congress and Washington and these emails, all eyes are on the NFL right now. The optics could not get any worse for either team. Peter Middleton weighing in real quick saying, let's end the show with some positivity. I like it, oh, yeah. Peter. That's why we keep you around, pal. Which players will be the game changers for the win? Brandon uh, McManus. Broncos get a win. Um, I think that uh, you'll see uh, – Somebody on the defensive line will have to have a big game um, and get after Taylor Haneke. And he, while he will be aggressive with the football, sometimes he's a little bit reckless with the football. So you get a chance to punch it out. I could see somebody like Von Miller if he is out there. Or, hey, Jonathan Cooper getting close to getting home last week, looking good Dude. as a seventh-round pick. Maybe he makes a big play. Um, So that's one. Uh, the other one is I am expecting Cortland Sutton to win or lose. I think Cortland Sutton's going to have a big game. Unless Washington football team says every anybody but Cortland Sutton beat us, which is possible um unless they say that uh then i think sutton's gonna have a big game uh so hoping for that and honestly let's no offense about no offense bounce back game right i thought he had good stats when those last two games started to get away from us but let's let's be great out of the gate you know maybe maybe he breaks a third and short pass short of the sticks and then goes another 40 yards and we're like oh that's what it's supposed to look like when you get your athlete uh, isolated one-on-one with a smaller player he's supposed to make plays in space um so uh but let's let's see some of that Interesting. Yeah, I think maybe. All right, let's talk about Bryce Callahan. I could see him making some plays. He's had some a decent year this year as well. But as part of that secondary unit that has had a lot of problems, uh, you talk about the defensive line. My head immediately goes to Draymond Jones. You gonna show up, man? Like, come on. I see the effort. I see that you do have the ability to change plays. I see you fighting. You don't get the stat line. I get it. Come on, man. This is this should be a get right game for Draymond Jones. That's a I love that question. Let's end it with some positivity. Pookie. Pookie is the only positive thing I like about the offense in this game. That's not to say that Jerry Judy's a scrub. I hope he has a great game, comes back from injury. I think they're rushing it. I don't like it. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, they're entirely different receivers than Jerry Judy. Noah Fant, he's got no connection with Teddy Bridgewater right now. You don't have KJ Hamler. This team is in trouble if they do not run the ball with Pookie. And you know what? Let's do a little bit more positive and just a little more on the nose with that positivity. Positive Patrick Pookie. Patrick a second. Uh, let's let's see him make a big one, and uh, that way you guys, whoever wins that jersey on Monday, will be feeling extra spicy with that new jersey on your way because Patrick <laughs> Sertan will just have made a big play, and the uh, the whole NFL world will be a buzz about maybe the Broncos did pass on a quarterback. Maybe they don't have an idea there. 
but they got a building block player in that secondary in Patrick Sertan, who's going to be a good one. So uh, thanks guys for so much for joining us tonight. Uh, happy Halloween to everyone. I know that the Broncos losing four in a row makes it pretty rough. I know the quarterback situation makes it rough too, but uh, we all want the same thing, which is this team uh, getting back on track and uh, playing some meaningful football in November. And if they get a win tomorrow, they're going to be playing some meaningful football in November. Maybe even then we can talk about playing meaningful football in December. So one game at a time. Uh, this is Mile High Insiders. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You can follow Luke and myself on Twitter, Luke at Luke Patterson LP, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at MHI underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. Join us at Facebook.com and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And uh, over on YouTube, subscribe, like, and share. Make sure you guys are doing all of that. This Monday on uh, Huddle Up, Chad and Zach will announce the winner of the Patrick Stratan jersey giveaway. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. Um, and I see Gary's talking about uh, people quitting and packing up packing up the season. Excuse me there. Uh, Gary Smith. Gary, we're not going to, you know, he says, just shut it down and we don't tune in. That's the use, right? Nah, man. If uh, the Broncos lose, we're always going to have stuff to talk about. We're going to have a good time in here and uh, we're going to be looking forward, right? So the season's not done. We got a lot of games left and a lot of positive things to look forward to. Maybe yeah. if even, you know, young guys taking steps forward. Not every single team can win a Super Bowl every year. You got to be changing your goals based on the situation. So Gary, uh, Gary, you got to come here, man, to voice who, where else are you going to, you know, be able to voice your frustrations and your opinions other than mile high huddle, man. We're not subscription based. We're not charging you for our articles, our analysis, our podcast, anything like that, man. This is why you come here because let's be honest, the nuggets, the abs, the Rockies. Okay. I get it. Broncos. This is a historic franchise, and when things have been as awful as they've been, people should be pissed off, and you should want to talk about it. You should come here. He's Nick Kendall, Scott on the ones and twos. I'm Luke Patterson saying thank you, and go Broncos. Have a safe and happy Halloween. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.